this is Voice of a Woman, Real Talk. And that is just what it is. Women talking about the truth of their story, their music, their career, and just what exactly it means to be a woman living in this world, which can sometimes be crazy, fun, loving, and just sometimes totally and utterly absurd. This is Voice of a Woman, Real Talk, and I'm your host, Linda. Please join me for some heart-to-heart conversations with artists, musicians, publicists, authors, just anyone who wants to talk real talk with Voice of a Woman. This first podcast features Strange Tides, a folk rock duo from Vancouver in Canada, comprised of Kirsten Bale and Victoria Carbo. And they recently released their EP, Reckless, at the tail end of last year. And you can hear me talking about what it means to be a woman and what it means for them to be in the music industry, what advice they got while they're starting in the music industry, and just lots more in the conversation. So please do enjoy this podcast because this was fun and I'm glad it is now being heard, hopefully, by all of you. So please go and check them out on all the music platforms and go and look them up on social media. Thank you for taking the time to um, speak with me. It's, it's really great to meet you. Um, I've not known about strange you know, types for very long. Um, it was just um, when Listen Discover emailed me and I listened to the music. I just thought it was great and I had to speak to two of you because um, you've got a really great sound. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great sound. I think like there's Voice of a Woman does like country folk and Americana. But I suppose in music, there's a lot of um, definition on genre and how you as artists label yourself within the music genre for publicity purposes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I listen to the music, I hear a lot of styles in your songs. Especially like the two you've got out just now, it's like um, Black Tide, Black Skies and Criminal. And there's like, there's a lot going on. Like there's rock, there's folk, there's Americana. There's so many kind of styles. How did you decide on your own sound and style and the music and what you two wanted to produce for yourselves as opposed to um, an audience or a publicity or a critic or whatever? How did you two decide what you wanted to create? Yeah, that's a great question. I think Kirsten can obviously add to this, but I think we both kind of um, have a wide variety of interests ourselves and where we overlap is really in the folk sphere. So we actually started as kind of like a folk acoustic band. And then once we had a producer, we realized that the scope of what we could do was much bigger. And it just kind of grew into something completely different than we expected that it would be. Yeah, um, I will add that I think we we always struggle to define ourselves in terms of genre. Um, And that is a challenge when we (laughs) put out releases and we have to choose um, a genre and I feel like often what happens is we will write a song and then um, and then add in the instrumentation and it, um, after the fact kind of be like oh like what is this like I, I think the song kind of like forms itself outside of any idea of genre and then we have to like go back in afterwards and try to like identify sort of what it's become and how to label it properly. I think being like I'm kind of uh, a promoter of women in music and 
I see it as like women have something to say within their music and the voices that they use to do that with. And I know I've, I've got country folk and Americana, but like for me, it's all about the music. And I think it is quite hard, as you say, to kind of label the music once you've written it. And I think as, as I've always seen it, that's two completely different sides within music as, an, as independent artists to kind of, to write the music and to create the sound and to create the best sound you want to be, and then to take that and create that as an, in the product. I think that's two very contrasting mm. things altogether within the music industry. And I find that really, I mean, even me myself, like I, I don't know if labeling, like if a song's good, it's a good song, regardless of, you know, what genre it's in. And I don't know how the music industry could do that because there is, they always want to put it in boxes and I just, Music to me, I don't think, like when I heard Criminal at first, I was like, whoa, this is something. Um, and it was like, it does, have, it does have a lot of, a lot of musical styles going on, but it's just good music. It just grabs your attention. Um, and that to me is what music, well, to me, that's what music should be. And I just think it's hard mm. for artists to label it. So where did the two of you meet, first of all, to kind of, to, to um, create strange tides. Um, we actually met at church, so we were both involved <clears throat> in the music at our um, at our church, and both um, like writing music independently. And so we sort of we became friends through that um, that uh, through that group. And then um, Tori actually had um, a gig um, in a local uh, pub. Um, but she wanted some help with instrumentation. So she invited me to come and, and play guitar with her. So I did that. And then um, I think from then on, we were just kind of like, oh, this is like a great dynamic. And, you know, we're both interested in songwriting. And so um, we kind of ended up forming the band out of that. Mm. Yeah, the truth is like my instrumentation skills are <laughs> very negligible. <laughs> So I was like, at any point, once we became friends, I was like, Kirsten, can you please come help me? And then it got to a point where it was like, why, why don't we just be a band, really? And where, like, Strange Tides is a, an interesting name. What inspired that name? And what, what made you decide in that name? And was there other names in the running? Yeah, we, it's the most, yeah, it's, it's not a very exciting story. We couldn't. <laughs> We couldn't come up with anything. So I found one of those auto word generators online and just like generated a bunch of words and then we combined stuff to see like what we would like the most. I think our top three were like Strange Tides, The Daisy Chains and Urban Skiff. <laughs> oh, I can see why you went with Strange Tides. <laughs> I think we felt Daisy Chains might be a bit too gentle for us. <laughs> An urban skiff sounds like a bit like a heavy metal band or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Strange Tide sounds, yes, I think that's that's probably the best one to go with. <laughs> and on your website, it says you're a factor-funded folk alternative musical duo. That's a bit of a, a tongue twister. Oh, what that means, factor-funded folk. That's a very, if I try saying that fast. <laughs> 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 Can you tell me what that means, factor-funded folk alternative? Yeah, so factor is like, I think it's the Canadian government, um, it, either BC or Canadian, but I think it's the Canadian government. They have um, 
programs that they have to help fund Canadian musicians. And so Factor is like one of their um, grant schemes. So um, our producers, uh, his fiance actually helped us prepare a grant after we wrote Criminal. They felt that um, we might be able to get some additional funding um, on the basis of that song. So they helped us prepare a, um, a grant application four factor and then we were able to get a grant to help um, towards the EP that we're currently working on. So that is our sort of recognition that, um, yeah, they're helping us out financially. <laughs> that must be great because it's not, it's not easy, an easy ride being independent musicians for funding and things. And definitely isn't. <laughs> um, that is true. <laughs> um, as I was speaking to someone, I said, um, define being an independent musician. And she said, it's not easy. <laughs> that that is the best description of it because it doesn't doesn't seem to be easy and there's like it's it seems like so much hard work that you have to do it. so to get that funding must be great support um, especially government funding like there's not much government funding in a lot of countries um, for independent mm -hmm. artists so that's pretty you must have had to do a lot of work for that though did you <laughs> you know you would be surprised like because we had this grant writer she was so great like they do it on kind of a commission basis if you win the grant so it was actually really easy for us. We just had to kind of do whatever she told us in terms of paperwork or recording. Um, so yeah, if anybody is looking into that, I would definitely recommend it. That's great. Yeah, we've been quite lucky to have a lot of support um, specifically from the, that um, our producer and, and his fiance. They like are a little bit more experienced and they kind of know what's worth doing, which I think is helpful because it's otherwise quite easy to waste time on trying routes that are not going to be fruitful. So I think that's helped. Yeah, I think as well, your sound is, as I say, it's got a fused a lot of kind of styles and it does sound unique as well. Like it does grab your attention. And I think from that point, it's, it's good that you have that help there to, um, to do that. So it's great. Um, as this is Voice of a Woman, I have to ask these questions because um, I think from, from my point of view, it, it looks to be that women have more significant challenges in the music industry than male counterparts. Have you had any experience of this and what? how do you see it? I know you live in Canada, so it might be a bit different. Is there any experiences that you see or have you had any experiences? that you know, you're, you're kind of treated differently just because you're women in music, which can happen at times. I'm not saying all the time, and I don't like talking about it, which it was something I didn't have to talk about, um, but that's kind of one of the basis of Voice for Women is to support women in music because they're just as good as perhaps <laughs> if they get the support and the, you know, the opportunities that their male counterparts get. Um, so I was just wondering what your take on that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like hmm, we're so early on yet that I feel like we haven't necessarily faced like outward discrimination from professionals or whatnot. But I definitely feel like, at least for me, I don't know how Kirsten feels, but there's um, a sense of lack of safety a lot of the time, especially like playing late night at the bars and trying to get home afterwards and things like that. Um, I feel like we have to be extra cautious and meeting new people like when the producer first approached us, you know, there's always the checking them out first online, making sure they are who they say they are, that kind of thing. And then of course, just the, the standard stereotypes that like women can't play instruments and things like that. We've definitely come across that. Yeah, I, I think 
the latter I find uh, quite frustrating, especially because uh, like my favorite instrument is the drums. And, and I, I think um, that's quite a male dominated instrument. And so I think it's, I mean, it's so hard to tell, right? Cause sometimes people are trying to just offer like helpful input and you don't want to be on the defensive, but there are times when I kind of think like, uh, are you assuming that I like have no skills here because I'm a woman? Um, <laughs> um, but then, yeah, like I say, you don't really want to like go into interactions making that assumption. So, um, but I think one of the other things that I find challenging, which is, it's not really concrete, but I think like in this stage of our career, our career, um, we are like kind of mentally uh, trying to map out the future a bit and like, uh, you know, have goals for where we want to be and what and what time frame and that kind of thing. And I think we both feel very aware that women age out of the music industry much more quickly than men do. Um, and so I think there's um, an additional sense of urgency to sort of like try and get um, strange tides like off the ground before <laughs> before we are like wrinkly enough that people are like, oh, you guys aren't relevant, <laughs> um, <clears throat> which I think would be it's not not a risk for men, but I think it um, maybe happens a little bit later. I think often uh, women become irrelevant in their 30s and men, it's more like in their 40s. So I think we feel a bit of pressure from that. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think that like I think music as well is timeless. Like, um, and it is, I do find those challenges really difficult. Like if you write a good song, does it matter if you're a man, if you're a woman, what age you are, what style mm -hmm. it is? And, you know all these things like I try and kind of take away from all those things it's about the music and it's about the voice and I know I'm voice for women and it's women that I primarily support just because I just I just feel that they need that extra support and that space to you know to to say look here we are we are doing this this is what we can do and as you said yourself it's like drummers are supposed to be male and I just I love it when I because I remember going to a festival and I thought it was great because like, there was a female front singer, there was a female guitarist, there was a female bassist, and there was a female drummer. And I was like, this is class because it just, it was just like, it was just great to see. And they rocked it out, like just, you know, and it, it frustrates me that I have to, that these conversations have to happen. And it's not that I don't support main, men in music. It's just that I just don't see why there has to be that difference because it's music and if you make good music then I just don't see why it matters but unfortunately mm -hmm. it does because there was them um, I don't know if you saw that tweet I think it was a few months ago there was a tweet that um, a radio station posted um, and that one of their presenters was told that they couldn't play two female artists back to back. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, don't, I can't because I think the tweet was deleted quite quickly after because that caused a lot of stink, shall we say, for want of a better word. But yeah. everyone went absolutely mad over that tweet. And so much yeah. that it caused Casey Musgraves and Kelsey Ballerini, who are like huge names in American countries, mm -hmm. to kind mm -hmm. of say, eh, come on now, this is just, you know. But they did it in such a diplomatic way. But they were just like, come on, this is just, you know, it's ridiculous. But their heads of radio stations are saying that to presenters. You just think, what's going on? And do you know why? Is, why is that even mm. an order from from 
management of radio companies. So like, do I, I'm kind of possibly in a fortunate position because it's community radio and you get, I get to choose my own playlist and stuff. So I don't have any kind of anyone telling me what I can and can't play. Which in commercial radio stations, you have playlists and all these kind of things. Um, so from that aspect, I've kind of got free reign and I do spend a lot of time listening to new music and things. Um, I think in commercial radio stations, it's probably a bit different, which is, which is hard. Mm -hmm. What's the best advice you've had starting out in the industry? Because you you've only had two singles released so far. Um, so what is the best advice you've been given to start out in this crazy mad journey that it's probably going to be? <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's a tough question to answer, I think. Um, I don't know, Tori, can you think of any significant advice we've been given? Mm. I feel um, when we first met uh, our producer, Dan, and his fiance, Meg, who wrote our grant, they kind of said to us in your early stages, it's really good for the first song, at least, to like really sum up your sound, but also be very commercial. Mm. And I think that's why we settled on Criminal, because it has a very catchy chorus. Um, it's maybe less experimental than some of our other ones. <laughs> um, so I felt like that was very sound or sage advice because I think Chris and I both kind of have not in the past taken it seriously in the sense of marketing or commercial appeal. We've very much just been like, we're writing the songs that we want to write and that's how they are, which is not inherently bad. But I think neither of us really thought about how that would work when we start trying to yeah get publicity going and submit to various playlists or radio things how all of the parts of the song actually have a certain way that they should be to be more appealing to those kind of things mm -hmm. yeah i agree and actually they i mean we've had some uh interesting conversations with them about like the realm of music that um uh, that I think Dan described as as music for musicians, which is um, again is not inherently a bad thing. But I, I think there have been times in the past where I've like veered a little bit more into that realm, and then it doesn't it's not as appealing um, for the masses. Um, and so there's a place for that, but I think it is good for us to avoid veering too far down that road uh, at the moment. And this is like one of the reasons why I so love working with Tori is that she's very grounding. So sometimes I'll go off into like weird eclectic um, areas where <laughs> the song begins to lose structure, that kind of thing. And she's able to like bring it back to earth a little bit more so that it's, um, it's accessible to people, which I think is really important. Is it that sounds then you've got, you've, you've got kind of a good partnership going where you have the ideas and then you have someone to kind of take those ideas and structure them into something that you know you can produce and release um it sounds like how does the writing work who is more lyrically um what was it proficient i think is the word i'm looking for and um, <laughs> who right who's like melody or is it is it kind of a team partnership Hmm. yeah I think it really is a team thing um we both have written songs like previously before we became a band but I feel like our strengths are very opposite so it works really well like I said I don't play instruments that well so I will like come up with basic chords if I need to but I'm not like coming up with anything intricate so Kirsten's really good for that and she's also like a lovely poet all of her lyrics are 
very deep and metaphorical and like beautifully put. And I, I think have a, a, maybe a strength in terms of writing like catchy choruses and stuff. So it works really well where Kirsten can come up with this beautiful concept and then I'll kind of maybe shape it into something singable. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and Tori is much better with melody than I am. So like, I really enjoy um, the instrumentation part of, of writing a song, um, but I struggle sometimes to come up with those sort of bare bones. And so um, a few of the songs that we've recorded so far, like Tori has kind of come up with a basic idea and then I've, I've been able to flesh it out a bit. Um, but also lyrically, I feel like, Tori, you have such a strength with like uh, the narrative side, which um, I feel like makes sense. You're a big fan of Taylor Swift and she's good at that as well. Um, so I always think of us as like, I am, I'm the like pretentious poet one and, and Tori is the storyteller. And so you can kind of tell who's written a song, I think, based on the style of the lyrics. <laughs> It sounds like a tagline in its strange ties. Pretentious poet and storyteller. <laughs> yeah, we should take that on. Like <laughs> t-shirts. <laughs> there was some, there was, I think I wrote it down, and that's ballads and bangers that speak from the heart is what you'd written on your um, website, which sounds really mm -hmm. like that's, that's kind of ballads and bangers. I think like it's got a lot of alliterations going on like that too. Um, you know, because I, I am, when I listen to the music, I'm quite, I listen to the lyrics. I'm quite a lyrically driven person. Um, I have been accused of liking sad songs, but I don't. <laughs> Me yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally accused of like, depressing music is what I listen to, apparently. So I'm fooled all the time. But I don't find it depressing. I like, it's lyrically driven. And it's like, when you get right into the heart of a matter and you write a song about it, and you know, I, I just find there's nothing better for me than when you hear a song like that that just speaks to you. And I think that's what music does. You know, music can music has the power to kind of to change an emotion or to make you feel less alone. And I think there's so much power in that. And I think it's incredible that what music has to offer and mm. you know what a voice can say. You know, and I just think there's there's nothing more powerful than that for me anyway. So sad songs and depressing music. I don't even want to talk about more. No, it's just not right. Um, so again, as boys for women, um, and it's not necessarily artists, because I know you've mentioned Taylor Swift there, um, but who would be your female role models that you would um, look up to and help you along in, in the music industry and as strong women in this, because it's not an easy ride in the music industry. So who would you see your female role models are? Oh, I mean, I feel like this is such a cliche, but I know we both really look up to our mums as people, um, <laughs> um, which is, I think it's lovely to have a, a good female role model so close by. Um, and then I feel like within the world of music, there's so, there's so many different types of people to look up to. So like we were speaking earlier about aging out of the music industry and also female drummers and so there's some women um women drummers on instagram that i admire from afar and i think they encourage and inspire me to like um i guess not like not worry so much about the sort of societally imposed boundaries that i can fret about and then um yeah, and then there's also some really talented musicians whose careers I admire, and, and as you're saying, whose lyricism I think is really good. 
And actually, <laughs> two of the like sad, very lyrically good musicians that come to mind that my mum and I share are actually both from Scotland. There's uh, Eddie Reader and Karen Pollard. I so love the way that they write. And I think that their vulnerability in writing and in the case of Karen Pollard, the like humor that she brings to that um, is really inspiring and like encourages me to continue to be like quite honest in lyrics. Um, and so I feel like, yeah, that's like a smattering of people who've heavily influenced my approach to music as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's two categories, maybe the people who we don't know personally, whose careers we admire, and then mm -hmm. people we've met kind of as we've started. Um, like we've met a few people through doing live shows and we mentioned our producer Dan's fiance Meg, she has a band and they're slightly ahead of where we are. So it's been great to be able to kind of ask them how they got there and what the deal is in that sense. And that's been, I think, really rewarding just to have like, yeah, people that are peers, but also just know slightly more. So it always feels like we're not alone. There's somebody we can check in with and be like, is this a good idea? What's happening here? Yeah. And the nice thing about Meg too, is that this is Dan's fiance. She has like a lot of integrity. Cause I, I think one of my fears is like, will I become so <laughs> invested in my music career that I'll sort of forsake other things, but she continues to value personal relationships and mental health in a way that um, I think she's willing to like place those things above her career. And she doesn't get pulled into like the rat race of music but she's still able to like forward her career. So I, I really admire that as well. That's pretty incredible actually. And two Scottish singers you mentioned there, Eddie Reader and Karen Powart, they are like, they are incredible at what they do. And I know, I think that Karen Powart had, um, I, she was, I, I don't know if she had mental health problems or whatever, but she, I know she writes a lot about that. I know she did a festival with that as well. And she writes yeah. from that perspective as well. And it's, you know, her writing is so index and the lyrics that she creates is just incredible. And um, yeah, they are too incredibly there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of kind of, a lot of advice and a lot of like that role. Meg sounds like an absolutely, an idol to be honest, she really does. She sounds absolutely brilliant to have that, to have that support in starting out and um, to follow that and to, yeah, that just sounds, that sounds so good. Um, mm -hmm. And the last question about being a woman is, what does it mean to be a woman yourself? How do you define being a woman? The question. Oh, that's such a hard question. I know, I know, but I just, you know, I'm just like, yeah. I'm so I'm like, I have to ask it. <laughs> it's kind oh of gosh. a great question. <laughs> yeah. The, the I guess I, sorry, I interrupted you. That's all right. Um, yeah, it's very complicated because I think it's, something that you feel in terms of, you know, like I don't want my answer in any way to diminish anybody that's transgender or anything, but also like my personal background, I was raised in like a very conservative religious context. And so I was made very aware from a young age that you are a woman in, in the sense of in opposition to my brothers. And that came with a lot of ties of you are expected to do this, that, and the other and behave like this. And this is the script that we're giving you basically based on you know, your perceived gender. So I feel like in that sense, my identity as a woman is a lot kind of in opposition to what people have told me I have to be in, in an interesting way. But rather than making me feel like that 
like I would identify outside of being a woman I feel like that kind of reinforces my womanhood and so there's almost like a rebellion tied into it if that makes any sense makes a lot of sense yeah what about yourself Kirsten um yeah I think that question of like what does it mean to be a woman is something I think it's something that um actually plays into our our uh music perhaps not so explicitly yet but like again both of us having grown up in a church context I think you are given specific scripts um I think Tori perhaps has had harsher or like more defined scripts than I have but um you are given a fair amount of definition about like what it means to be a woman and I think we're both kind of um untangling some of that like I think again for me like you know the instrument that I'd drawn to and then also like hobbies outside of music like I really like woodworking and stuff um are a bit more like classically male and like my sister <laughs> when we we were living um in England when we were very small and my sister always wanted to be playing the football and um I think she got some flack for that and so we're sort of continually untying like you know what things are cultural and um and like what sort of definitions of femininity do I fit in with um and like what definitions of masculinity do I fit in with because I think everybody kind of has various traits and Tori and I often discuss that we kind of have very different masculine and, and feminine traits like I'm a very um feely person and so in that way I'm kind of more what people would consider feminine whereas I think Tori's like um much more of a thinker and like um and like also I guess I always think of her as being like quite emotionally robust in a way that's considered quite male um but then when it comes to like hobbies and and um practicalities like fixing broken toilets and stuff like I think I'm more masculine masculine in that way so it's yeah it's a question <laughs> all the time <laughs> fix my house. <laughs> yeah so the question of what it means to be a woman is one that, that I think we're kind of constantly exploring um I think there's a yeah. few songs in that I think there's probably an album of songs in this <laughs> on its own um because like the fact of fixing the toilet seat like I kind of grew up in a very those kind of expectations of what women are supposed to be. Women are the carers and the cook mm. and that, all that kind of stuff. And they don't need to know about how to fix the toilet seat or how to fix the washing machine or anything like that. Um, so I wasn't exactly shown how to fix anything. So then when I come mm. to fix the toilet seat, I'm on YouTube trying to figure out the thing. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know what to call this. Like, I'll just leave it off. <laughs> How do you do it? And it's so simple if somebody <laughs> tries to just show you how to do it because it's so straightforward. But just yeah. in kind of the social construct where it's like, well, this is the the role here and this is what you're supposed to do. And if you go out with that, then you're a bad girl or you're not being a good girl or you know, there's those kind of social constructs I've heard all the time and I've seen all the time. Um, and it's just rather frustrating because if somebody actually even took five minutes to show you how to do it, you'd be able to do it. Mm. No, and it's yeah. yeah it's I think it's probably not so much when I always talk about um the challenges that women face in the music industry I think it actually does go deeper into the social construct of society and how women are seen oh but you don't need to be doing this because we the man do that and that you know it's that kind of mm. um, that kind of kind of attitude that you come up against and it's like I me mean, even in some of my family members they kind of say you know like um 
there's a woman in charge of the oil that I get to heat my house. Um, and they were standing there going, what does the woman know about that? <laughs> just like, oh. <laughs> it's over that one with children should be seen and not heard. You know mm, yeah. Really ingrained societal um, constructs and wherever they come from, I don't know, but like how to kind of change them you know, you're kind of sometimes up against a brick wall trying to, but there's a, mm. a full album of stuff in that. <laughs> I'd, I'd say there's probably a song in that that you're probably going to go away and write. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the idea. <laughs> You've got an up and coming EP. Have you any um, dates or is there any more singles in the coffee? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that you can talk about or is there, what's, what's the vision for the EP? Annie? Yeah, we have, um, so our EP date is not fully set because we have one more song to record, but fingers crossed it will be later this year it will be out. But we do have another song, again, no release date set, but hoping to have it out at the end of the summer. That'll be a nice fun. It's probably our folkiest in the sense of genre-wise, probably more true folk, I would say, although maybe Kirsten has a different opinion because like you said, it's so hard to like really classify. Um, uh, yeah, rock for sure. I think it's a bit heavier than, than true folk. Yeah, that might be true. Too many electric <laughs> guitars. Kirsten really shreds on the end of it. It's great. <laughs> um, but I think the vision for it is, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess the summation of, of our sound, a lot of the songs we wrote a couple of years ago when we were kind of leaving the church where we met there was some stuff that happened and it went very badly I um, am queer so I came out to them and that was a whole can of worms and so a lot of these songs were written in that context and so it's kind of a little sneak peek into our story two years ago or the story of that church in some ways yeah know. actually sorry no I was just gonna say that reminds me of Katie Pruitt um I don't know if you know of Katie Pruitt um, have you ever heard that name? She's a, an American singer-songwriter that wrote an album about that exact thing. Mm. Um, she also brought up in a very <clears throat> staunch Catholic upbringing where when it was queer, was something that's wrong and all this kind of thing. And she talks about how messed up that was and she just wants to be normal. And I think that just kind of brings, mm. well, it just brings her to mind. You need to look her up. She's really different. Yeah, I will. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, she's really, I mean, her, her album is just absolutely... I, I, again I'm lyrically driven and if you listen to the lyrics like there's a song called Normal and oh my gosh and I looked at the video and it was just incredible like the video just I probably shouldn't have watched it at midnight just before going to bed because my, I, was, I was in tears by the end of the video because it was just so emotional and um, mm. lyrics plus the video because she was just standing really kind of the lighting that she used it was quite like dark and she was just standing there kind of memorizing what was happening and then she had like memories of her life Kind of going through the video and it was just yeah sorry that just wow yeah no, that sounds amazing I'll see that yeah yeah she's really really good I would definitely look it up sorry I, I digress <laughs> <laughs> what instruments do you play Kirsten is it guitar or what everything <laughs> <laughs> okay <All the> <laughs> um I think well so the only instrument that we include <laughs> that I have any formal training in is drums but unfortunately I'm not um I'm not quite there like studio quality yet for drums so I typically write those parts and then hand them off to a session drummer who you know gives them um a bit of his own uh taste as well which is always good 
Um, so in the studio, I am usually playing uh, the guitars and then occasionally I play bass. So I played the bass on Black Skies um, and then for Criminal, um, Dan, our producer, he, he came up with and played the bass line for that song. But, so yeah, mostly guitars, a little bit of bass and one day on the recording, I would like to play the drums as well. <laughs> That's brilliant. I know that that's, it sounds like a good kind of partnership. That's really, really good. And the sound is like, I really do have a little, you know, I really liked it. Um, and it was great to kind of speak to you. So I'm going to finish with some fun questions. Uh, <laughs> just a few bits and pieces. Now, it's the desert island question. I don't know if anyone's ever asked yet, but if you yeah. were stranded on a desert island and your food and kind of accommodations all settled and sorted, what three things would you want to bring with you? Mm. I like the, the premise of being stranded um, with food and accommodation, like am I stranded at a resort? That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> There's their electricity too, because maybe I can play the piano, my hair curler. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got food and water, but I don't know if there would be electricity on a desert island. And I don't know, yeah. you, I don't know how you could bring electricity with you. Um, mm. <laughs> to bring a generator, <laughs> things like a waste. <laughs> really interesting answers, but um, yeah, for a few really interesting answers. But I'll wait to get your answers before I tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think I would have to bring a book definitely, and it would have to be one that sort of has a a good amount of like digging to be done you know how some books you can read over and over and I find something new every time I feel like if you're stranded you want one of those books um I can't think of one specifically when I was 15 I for sure would have said the bible and I feel like that is still a really interesting book so maybe but it's a bit of a Sunday school answer other than that I would bring um a guitar and uh then probably some sunscreen because I get heat stroke really easily <laughs> Yeah. Mm. I don't, that's so hard. I'm still thinking. Okay. I would bring a book also. I would bring, I have this book that is the complete works of Shakespeare, which sounds really pretentious, but I would bring it because it was owned by my great grandmother. And there's like an inscription in it that says to Sadie, like 1918 or something. So that's very precious to me. Bring that. Bring... You know, I would probably say guitar also, even though my skills are not at Kirsten's level, I can kind of strum a bit, but. Then if you're um, strumming, you've got loads of time to practice. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just have the option. Cool. <laughs> and then the third one. Oh, it's so hard. I don't know. I'm leaning towards saying a journal, but I feel like that would be stupid yeah. because you would run out pretty quick. And then what are you going to do next? Well, see, there was some, like, there was somebody asked this question too, and um, they said that they would bring, now I can't remember if it was an electrician or a builder or something like that, that they could build a boat or a raft to get off the island onto somewhere where they could, you know, be rescued. So that's where their brain was going. Oh. I was quite clever. I don't trust wow. any of my building skills, so I'm not going there. But Kirsten can build us a raft. Because if you're on if you're on the desert island, you don't know kind of what's there and what you could make and what you could, you know. That's true. Yeah. So that was quite an interesting answer. Nobody ever answered that like that. And then she said, mm -hmm. oh, "Bring," and then I get <laughs> off the island, and I was just like, "Okay, that's you know, you could add something in, so that's really good." Anyway, um, <laughs> it's very it's very clever though. I think that was a very clever answer. Um, so 
You say you both read books, so what's your favourite or who's your favourite author that you would spend mm -hmm. most of your time reading? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I like to challenge. <laughs> How do you pick only one? Well, you, you don't have to pick just one, you can pick a few. I'm less well read, so I can pick one. <laughs> okay. Um, I think my favourite author is J.K. Rowling because, I mean, the, the Harry Potter books, which conveniently came out kind of as I was growing up, um, have definitely been shaping. Um, and I think for our generation is like a wonderful thing to bond over. Um, but I'm also really enjoying her um, her murder mystery series that she's been releasing under the name Robert Galbraith. Um, yep. Although, again, like with some of the um, like more transphobic comments that she's made, and um, I think some concerns about her most recent book, uh, kind of reflecting those views. I've been thinking a lot about like, how much do you separate art from the artist? And then also like, um, how, <laughs> how much like, how much time do we spend like, I guess, allowing people to like think and, and grow because uh, also people do not always like, have all the same opinions we do. So anyway, J.K. Rowling's my favorite author, but it's a complicated favorite author to have right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you, Victoria? Um, yeah, I don't think I could pick one favorite, but there's this book that I have loved since I was a child called The Hero and the Crown by Robin McKinley. She writes a lot of kind of fantasy fairy tale retellings and that one will always hold a special place in my heart. So maybe I would say that one right now. <laughs> So the last kind of question, because I've probably only 40 minutes in a Zoom with you people, so I'll just, um, and I know it's very early for you too as well, it's like 7am over there, isn't it, which is quite early. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool, thank you very much. Um, so describe each other, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give you it, but describe each other in a few sentences or, mm. so Victoria, <laughs> describe Kirsten. Okay, Kirsten is basically sunshine in human form. <laughs> wow <laughs> she's that's, just, quite, that's quite an amazing compliment <laughs> so sweet and kind and oh. is always thinking about everybody else and how her actions might impact them and what she can do to be a better person to other people and so I feel like that makes her just a doll to work with because yeah she's just always very selfless and outwardly thinking and is really funny so it's a good time <laughs> <laughs> that was really really nice yeah. um i would say that tori is a warrior and also like a secret softie so um i feel like i have never met anybody who thinks so much and so carefully about justice and like and the the like implications of our actions um even like accidentally which I think is really important for us as as Christians and um also with any kind of platform so that is really good um and she's so like assertive that she's good at um kind of calling people which is great like calling people out when they're being harmful which is why the softy part is a secret because I feel like the first few months that we knew each other I was like oh yeah check out this like force to be reckoned with and then I got to know her and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so sweet and has like such tender and like 
um, wonderful like uh, feelings and such a pure like love for people. And like this one time I was like, oh, I wrote you this note and it, you know, maybe it's a bit cheesy. And she was just like, I think if somebody has something nice to say, it should always be said. And I was like, what a wonderful way to be. <laughs> so yeah, force to be reckoned with, but secretly a softie. That's so nice. <laughs> well, look at force to be reckoned with, but also a softie and just sunshine in human form. Like you couldn't, that they could be your taglines as well. <laughs> a, po a poet and a storyteller, a ray of sunshine and a warrior and a softie. Thank you so so much for your time. It's been really great chatting. Um, yeah, thank, yeah. You. thank you so much for chatting with us. It's been lovely. It's been great to meet you and chat music and just chat strange tides and also get to know you a bit better. And um, I'm looking forward to the EP. Yeah. <laughs>